In the days when I was a teenager Before I had status and before I had a pager You can find the abstract Listening to hip hop My pops used to say it reminded him of bebop I said well daddy don't you know that things go in cycles Way the Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael It's all expected Things are for the looking If you got the money, quest is for the book Yeah I heard about that And actually there's a couple tracks yeah, I mean, yeah. I listened to that single I think they off of that Was it the Ten Commandments one? So. It's like so it's kind of a riff on like a feminist riff on uh, Prince Buster's yeah. "Thou Shalt Not." Yeah, I, I, I can't remember what the original song. Yeah, I didn't quite. It didn't. So the other track I heard, I mean, so th- that one was fine. I mean, like that kind of yeah. feels like a track that would, it feels like an album track to me. Like, yeah, yeah that would be on an album. That's fine. Yeah. But like the other track I heard was much more of a, a single, it seemed. Okay. So that's just. So how do you, how do, what's your relationship with like the record companies? How do they come in? Like, how do you do this? Uh, so I'm a bit of an indentured servant, right? So I've bought, you know, I just owe so many, no, um, <laughs> I, like I owe so much money to the record labels that I, I had to open a store. Um, the, uh, yeah, so the record labels themselves, unless it's an independent, like I don't talk to them directly. I mean, I don't talk to, from a record buying standpoint, I don't talk to them directly. No, yeah. So... Uh, I order primarily from big distributors um, that carry a ton of different record labels um, and then some independent distributors that specialize more in independent labels. Uh, So yeah, like Alliance is one of these, they're called One Stops. I mean, mean, you can get pretty much any record you would want to get if it's available, you can get through them, but then also they have like Funko dolls and and, oh, and wow. like your Criterion DVDs and you oh know, my gosh and like yeah. you know posters and T-shirts and record players and yeah. so I mean you can you know you could you could pretty much start an FYE just you know totally. by ordering yeah, yeah. from uh, you know have from you, Have you ever thought about expanding out from vinyl and, and uh, stuff like Criterion Blu-ray or something? Yeah, I've like thought that? I've thought about it. Um, probably more. Like I guess the next thing I would do if I were, I'd probably need a little more room in the store since I can barely, I can't even fit the records I have on the shelves. But um, yeah, if I were to do something else, it would probably be like T-shirts, yeah, you know, patches, posters. I don't know, stuff that's yeah. like more directly related to the music. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having some. I've actually thought about doing just uh, moving nights here, where it's like where where like because we could just easily drop a screen here. Like these are, all, I mean, you know, oh, these lights yeah. are kind of like just pull the lights out of the way, yeah. drop a screen here, and then just show you know music movies, right? You know, so Western Civilization, yeah, Quadrophenia, yeah, Ziggy yeah. Stardust, yeah. you know, whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it'd be kind of yeah. fun, right? So, awesome. um, so that's on my list of things that I can get around to someday. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but I mean, right now it's like I, I feel almost like. Man, I mean, I don't even have all the records I want to have in stock, and I'm probably a perfectionist that way. Like, oh, that's yeah. I think probably why the, you know, the selections attractive to people because I'm like I'm constantly obsessing over like, man, my um, you know, 
whatever. My, my Billy Bragg section <laughs> is just not what it should be. Yeah. You know, I really yeah. need to get on that. You know, yeah. even if two people a month might come in and ask for him, you know, like I, I'm just if I know it's if I know it's not complete, yeah. I'll be I'll be frustrated. Yeah. So yeah. so I'm just kind of always trying to perfect that, and then let alone new stuff that's coming out or, you know, when, yeah, like, you know, yeah, what was that label you turned, K9, the label you turned me on to? Yeah. Like, you know, people come in and they're like, oh, you got to check out this label of this band and then I go down a whole rabbit hole of like, well, there's a whole I, label I need I to need buy, I need to buy their entire catalog. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, anyway, it's, I, you know, and it's funny because as, as we were talking about the, uh, you know, I was talking to Michael who does the online store and, and I'm like, the reason this is so important is like that, that we get as much of this listed online on our Discog site as possible is because, honestly, I have records. I mean, I just shipped two records today. I could have gone a whole year and probably never sold these records. And oh, I'm wow. not saying that just because, like, you know, because Provo's so square, they don't understand, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, modern yeah, jazz. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's like, the. It, but the reason I carry it is because, A, it's music I like, but B, I want it to be there for that one person who's going to come in and go, holy cow, you have the Mansur Brown record? That's amazing. You know, like, I would have never expected that. And then they might not buy it because they don't, they have it already or whatever. But like, I want it. So it's like, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like these like kind of dog whistle records, right? Where you're just like, you know, I mean, they're, they're records you've come through and you said, I love that you have, I already own it, but I love that you have this. And that tells me that this is a store I should be shopping at. So you kind of want those, you know, dog whistle records so that people kind of go, yeah, that's a place that like I would I, I'm happy to browse that collection because I'll see yeah. stuff I haven't thought of or that I'd be surprised to find or that yeah. I'd recommend to a friend, you know, to a stranger standing next to me, whatever it yeah, might be. Totally. How, do you, how do you make that decision though between what people want and what you like and want to carry? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, to be honest, I started. I mean, well, the whole genesis. I mean, if we, I mean, we kind of dove right into it. But, like, no, the, yeah, totally. The genesis story is you know so three hive. It was a music blog. We started it in 2004. So this is actually, our, we just oh just had our 15th anniversary. Uh, we started February, um, I can't remember the exact date, but February 10th, I think, or something, 2004. Uh, me and two other friends, and we'd worked together. So uh, Let me ask you, the yeah. name Three Hive, where'd you guys come up with Right, that? so... so um, the three of you? There were three of us, mm-hmm. and at the time... So it's 2004, so you have to kind of go back in, in, in your, you know, yeah. like way back machine and remember that this was a time when like Napster had just been shut down, yeah. LimeWire was kind of, you know, like they were kind of coming under fire as like, you know, this whole like kind of the illegal distribution of MP3s was a big deal and it was like the home taping, you know, yeah. crisis yeah. of, you know, the pre, of the previous generation. And, uh, and, and, and wisely, a lot of labels, especially independent labels, uh, were figuring out, hey, wait, if we put a couple of MP3s out on our site for download, like that's that's the equivalent of radio play in this day and age. Like that's yeah. going to turn somebody on to our music, gives them like a, a taste of it, and then hopefully they buy the album, the T-shirt, go to the concert, whatever yeah. it is. And so, and we kind of saw that as a trend. And so we said, you know, let's focus solely on yes, on MP3s, but let's focus on MP3s that are free and legal and are being put out there, you know, by record labels and distributors and and, and publicists with that intent, right? With the intent of somebody sampling and then hopefully then, you know, buying into that that, that artist. And so MP3, three of us, you know, Sam, yeah, John and yeah. Sean, and then, 
you know, we, none of us, I don't think any of us lived in Utah at the time, but we had, we all met in Utah. Okay. So there was this thing of like, oh, three hive, a, you know, hive yeah. of activity, a hive of people kind of coming together around this, around similar taste. Because really what it was an answer to is like, I had been a music journalist before and kind of had then started in advertising and kind of, you know, didn't do that anymore. Uh, Sean had been a radio DJ for years. Uh, wow. And, and, um, uh, John had worked with me on a music magazine that we did back in the 90s. So like we had all it used to be at one point or another, it was our day job to share what music we were into. And had, and that was no longer the case. And so people were like, hey, I still want to know what you're listening to. So blog, you know, blogs were coming around and MP3s were an easy way to share music. And so we said, okay, well, we'll start a music blog and just answer that question by saying go to 3 And that's what we're listening to these days. So that's how it started. And, you know, through, you know, ebbs and flows of activity, other people came in and got involved. There have been a bunch of people that have contributed over the years. Um, and then kind of fast forward to about two years ago, so this would be like 2017, uh, I, I was like, okay, man, I haven't, I, you know, like it got to the point where I was like posting once a year. I was posting my best of list yeah. you know, once a year. And, you know, Todd, who works here at the store, was really holding down the fort for like, you know, a few years, like Sean and I would like pop in every so often, like, you know, kind of like prodigal sons. And, and then, you know, <laughs> and he was just keeping the thing alive. And so we got to the point where, you know, I was like, you know, I need a, I want to get back involved in this, but I don't know. It's as simple as just like, I'll, I'll just start posting again. I needed like some kind of impetus for me to like, kind of get excited again. But yeah, you know, I love the blog and I love that it exists, but you yeah. know, just to kind of re-energize myself and we just got to talking. We're like, we all still bought vinyl. We never stopped buying vinyl. And we were just kind of joking. We're like, you know, I bet between all of us, like we could qualify for a wholesale discount, just like yeah. the amount of vinyl yeah. we buy in a no, given yeah. year. And so we cut And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask. And so I just started like, you know, calling around, you know, actually not calling, emailing around to uh, some of them were distributors that I remember from back in the day. I mean, I managed a CD store here in Provo when I was in college. Oh, and wow. so. You know, uh, some of them were still or just still around, and yeah. you know, and I contacted them, um, did a little bit of research, found a few others, and then, you know, and, and just basically started an online record store that initially was just to share, you know, to sell vinyl of the artists we were posting about on Three Hive. Yeah. So to answer your question, this is a circuitous, uh, you know, but like to answer your <coughs> question of how do I decide what to stock? Initially, it was literally the records we were going to buy anyway. Yeah. And that, that was the idea. As of, initially, we conceived it of a, as a co-op, right? We're like, we're just going to buy an extra record or two for every record that we're already buying and just sell them to the people that, you know, read the blog, yeah. right? And it just so happened that a few months later, I left my job and had a severance package that kind of let me take the summer off. Oh, wow. And next thing you know, I'm yeah, up to yeah. my ears in crates of records because... I didn't stop buying records, yeah, yeah. you know, I was like, well, yeah, cause you're you know, the problem is you're like, on, you know, you're looking through these distributors, you know, catalogs, you're like, Oh, they have, Oh, look at this. Look at what else they have. Yeah. And so, um, and that's, you know, so that summer I kind of, you know, got carried away and I had time on my hands. So like between the two things, I really got carried away and it got to the point where I'm like, man, I mean, yeah, I can continue to sell these online, but like, I'd love to, first of all, I just love the human interaction. I, I mean, totally. I would have never met you. You guys could have been online customers, yeah. but I wouldn't have the relationship I have with you guys. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so I love the in-person part of, you know, uh, of record shopping. Corey, who owns Valor, longtime friend of mine, uh, you know, he and I were having lunch and he goes, you know, you should, that's cool. You're doing online. You should really open a store here. 
And I said, okay, well, that's easy for you to say, you know, I mean, but yeah, yeah. you have a successful music venue here. Yeah. And we kind of put two and two together. And he said, well, yeah, and actually I don't use it during the day. So why don't you just come in on a Saturday and start doing pop-ups? And that's what I think, you know, yeah. when you guys that's got connected to it. Yeah. A year ago. Yeah. yeah. So we started doing pop-ups every so often. Um, you know, uh, and, and I was impressed with the number of, not, not just the number, but the variety of people that came out. You know, it wasn't just old fogies who were like, you know, just reliving their glory years. I mean, it was yeah. like younger people who are into new music, old music, yeah. but they're into vinyl. And so I was like, okay, well, I mean, maybe there is a market here for it. I mean, you, you would think a college town of this size would have one, but you never, you know, Provo's yeah. always a bit yeah. of a, a, you know, a curve breaker. So yeah. Yeah, you never, you never know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and that's what, and then here we are. So I, I, I always was buying records that I like. You know, I mean, I, I, only, I think, I, I mean, I actually remember a conscious, there was a moment, probably third or fourth pop-up I did, where my son Miles, who's 16, goes, you know, Dad, you really ought to, you know, you ought to stock, you know, the, uh, you know, you should stock some Migos, and you should stock some, you know, you don't stock any Kanye, you should have some Kanye, and I'm like, yeah. but I don't like Kanye, and I don't like Migos, <laughs> and he's yeah. like, he goes, yeah, but I'm just telling you, you know, and, and you know, and he's, and so he's, you know, so he started being my, you know, like, kind of you know, young adult buyer, yeah. you know, he would like kind of, yeah, exactly. He would kind of give me a few suggestions and we kind of have this ongoing bet of like, you know, I mean, so far he's, he's actually been, you know, batting a pretty high average, but you know, he'll like say, order a few of these and you watch, they'll sell. And so I do have some that I wouldn't say are like personal endorsements, but in general, this is the rec, you know, like this is the record store I would want to shop at. Mm-hmm. And lucky for me, that happens to be a record store, store that other people want to shop at. If that makes sense. No, totally. Like I, I, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't want to do it. It wouldn't be worth. It's, a, it's, it's a lot of work, and it wouldn't be yeah. worth that much work to just be somebody else's record store. To just try to, to, to just look at the top one hundred, yeah. you know, no, vinyl yeah. sales and just stock that. I mean, you can get that. You can go to you know Target and get that or wherever. Yeah, or Barnes you know? and Noble. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like here because before when I was buying records, I would just I'd have to go to like Urban Outfitters when I was in high school. Or like record stores in Salt Lake. Yeah. But I and then like Barnes and Noble and Target, they all started carrying records, yeah. and I was just felt so Smiths. removed. Smiths. Yeah. yeah around oh the holiday, around the holidays. Around the holidays. Only, uh, I think they do it for gift giving, but like. Oh my god. Yeah, gosh. Smiths, Bed Bath and Beyond. That's yeah. Had, had it's a everywhere display. now. Yeah. It's so weird, but I whenever I shop there, I always feel so removed from it. Yeah. And I always feel so like weird, but I like here because it's like there's there's stuff that I know, but all there's stuff that like. You'll recommend to me. It's just a lot more personal of interaction, and this is more like a like a. It's an ambiance. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like a. It's. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like a landmark for me now here. Well, the other thing is, is, is this is part of the music culture here in Utah County. Totally. Yeah. It, it, and Barnes and Noble, no matter what they stock, they're not part of the music culture. That's in right. Utah County. Yeah. They're actually they're actually contributing nothing. I mean, you know, no offense. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm glad. I'd rather there be a chain bookstore than no bookstores. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but they, you know, it's not. I don't think they see it as their role to contribute to the music. No, there's no cultural contribution there at all. And uh, uh, it it always goes back to the kind of that thing in the '80s: support your local scene, support your local scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's, I think, there's a lot, lot to that. And I, I personally believe that. Just due to the fact that there's so much musical talent in this area, yeah, that uh, we have, there's a, it's a strong scene could be stronger, and, yeah. you, and, and you need to support that. Kind yeah, of stuff. I fully agree. And well, I think the I don't know which week it was, but you when you had Moth and the Flame perform yeah. here, mm-hmm. the week before that you had Mindy Gludhill. I was yeah. just like, this is exactly like. I, I was just like so happy because that's like exactly what I've always thought of like Three Hive. Yeah, and then now it's just. 
it's more part of like this is Provo's own little thing. Which do you, I, do I, you I want feel a, like Provo do needs. you want a mid brow exclusive here? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, 100%. so so Sago are releasing their album on April April fifth, and they will be doing it in store here. We oh, haven't perfect. Even, we haven't announced we'll it yet, here. but yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's yeah, and they, and they do. They're so great. Yeah, and that's the week before Record Store Day, so you can have a lot of Record Store Day stuff up for it. Yeah, no, it, it'll be it'll be good. We'll we'll test the capacity of the store before Record Store Day. Well, Moth on the Flame, you tested the capacity. Of the we had people in the doorway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was packed. I was back. You were toward the, the back, wall. right? Yeah, yeah, I was back. Could you hear okay? Oh, I could hear great. No, totally. the acoustics were fine. I could see him. I, I had a direct shot right in. Uh, I could see him really well. Uh, I, I, I was more back there just kind of checking everything out and saying, wow, this is great. This it is, was really I fun. I love all these people coming in. There are people filming. and, and uh, Yeah, I saw like Instagram stories from people I didn't know were here. I was yeah. like, oh, I, like, I just couldn't see them in <laughs> yeah. the crowd. Which is uh, crazy because it's what, like maybe maybe 800 square feet yeah. tops. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you, yeah, you, you, you couldn't see everybody. No, yeah, it was, it was. Uh, no, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a moment when I'm like, actually, that that was a moment for me where I was like, okay, that that this is why I'm doing I, this. Yeah, this I, is, I, yes. I hope the artists like and appreciate it too. Um, oh, they were thrilled, which is yeah, funny because so. I mean, they they had a sold out show. Yeah. They sell out every time they come to town. Yeah. You know, they have a great record, so it's like, you know, and and they and they know they have a following, but I think there's you know, there's something interesting about like. I mean, they they themselves, you know, posted about it a couple times, but I mean, they, it's not like there was a ton of hype and promotion behind yeah. it. So I think they kind of walked into this going like, "Well, this will be interesting. If nothing else, we'll get to meet a few fans before yeah. the show." And like, so the fact that it was packed, I mean, you know, Brandon was saying he was like floored, you know, yeah. at this turnout, and I'm like, "Well, you have to expect. I mean, it's your hometown, you know, kind of yeah. crowd, right?" Yeah. And he goes, he goes, but honestly, like I expected I'd see everybody, you know, at the show that night, yeah. but I mean, I didn't know that many people would turn out. When I came up at the end and got their autograph, they're probably thinking, "This guy, yeah. <laughs> he knows who we are because he's way outside our demographic." You know, what's funny though is, uh, you know, we were playing the record the day, you know, because that was a Saturday, right? So, record came out on Friday. We played the record a few times in the store, definitely on Friday. Played it all morning on Saturday. There was a it, there's a couple that come in, you know, every every other week or so. And they came in and they just they heard the record and they're like, "Hey, who's this?" I'm like, "It's a Moth and Flame." They're actually playing here later. They actually bought the record and came back later to have it signed, mm-hmm. having never heard them before. So wow. I mean, see, that's awesome. You know, yeah. so that's yeah. why you do these things, right? Yeah. I mean, that used to be how you discover. I know, like, I, I vowed I wouldn't go do too much of like back in my day stuff. No, no, because no, no, no. I'm sure you get enough of that from perfect. your dad. No, no, no. But I, um, I, but it used to be that's how you discover music. Is right. I would walk into Vintage Vinyl in Evanston, Illinois. And I, and whatever you know, they'd be playing. There's still a 12 inch I have by a band called the Flaming Mussolinis called yeah. Swallow Glass, and I have it, you know, in my collection because they were playing it when I walked in. I'm like, I've never heard anything like yeah, this. I would like I, this record, yeah. you know. And that's how you find out about it. So in store play still works. 100. Let's talk. Let's talk about that a little because because back in the day it was really hard to find new music. Um, you had to stumble across it, but today. It seems like it's easier, but at the same time, it's even more difficult, right? Yeah, I think that's why blogs, I mean, not just 3 Hot, I mean, 3 Hot is, you know, kind of a, a, a small player compared to, like, Stereo Gum and some of these other ones. But, like, um, you know, I mean, and Pitchfork, I guess, essentially started as a blog. I mean, so yeah. it's like, uh, you know, the... The reason those blogs exist, I think, is because you need you need like a Sherpa. Like, who's gonna yep. who's gonna be my guide? There is more music than I can ever yeah. ever consume. Like, even if I even if I just went on Spotify and just started saying, you know, I just you know, because it'll you know now they'll have the thing where it just keeps playing music yeah. long yeah. after the music yeah. you asked you know to for it to play. 
I mean, you could just sit there and just let it play for the rest of your life, and you would not hear all the music in the world. So you need yeah. somebody, and this could be good stuff. This is like algorithm-selected music, yeah, yeah, presumably. Yeah. You know, just listen to random you know, stuff. And so you need somebody who can kind of say, like, and, and it helps if they know you, right? Yeah. So, like, blogs are good to a degree because you kind of get this sense of, like, hey, Gorilla versus Bear, like, they have pretty good taste. And so I'll, yeah. I trust them if they say something's good. But, you know, that's the beauty of, like, a record store or just a good friend who knows your taste is they can say, you know, it's like Business of Dreams. I think you'd like it, yeah. you know? I might be wrong, but, I mean, based on what, you know, yeah, I mean, I've right known, you for, yeah. known you for almost two years now, seeing yeah. all the records you bought, and yeah. I think you'd like it. Yeah. And so, you know, that's helpful because would you have come across it randomly? Yeah. Maybe. You know, maybe someday. Yeah. But then you'd be like, why didn't Sam tell me about it? Yeah, that's and, you'd, right. and you'd be ticked off. Yeah. It's, well, because growing up for me, you would talk about, like, having, re- like, friends rec- who worked at record stores and stuff like that. But, like, they weren't your friends before you met them. Like, you met them while they were a worker there. And then, growing up, for me, I never had, like, I was like, who do I find my music from? Like, I want a record store. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. like, I don't have anyone to, like, guide my taste. I only like your stuff. And then, moder- like, stuff that came out, like, more contemporary stuff, I was just kind of like, I don't know what's good, what's bad. And then, uh, and then I was, like, kind of refining my taste. But since coming here, and you know my taste, and you, I know your taste, I, like, I trust what you like a lot more. And that's why this is, like, such a, I feel like this is something that you can't replace. Because like I can like go on Reddit and see what other people like, but sure. still, it's not like it's not the same thing. Yeah. But before uh, I mean before MTV, I was I was on an island of, uh, and I was playing music to an audience of one myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody else liked anything or listened to anything. Where did you I, grow up? In Oregon. Okay. It, it, and um, then MTV came out, and that's made it a little bit so it's so I had some allies. But growing up, most of the people who only one friend of mine uh, who moved from California had this had the same interests as mu- music that I did beforehand. Everybody else I had to convert. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to yeah. I had to say, look, you're listening to the radio. That stuff is garbage, and this is yeah. good, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and kind of bring them into the fold. And most of my friends growing up, it wasn't until they went to college college radio then they came back and we would talk during the summer they'd say oh you were so right back in the day <laughs> you know oh, 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 I saw Violent Femmes perform at uh, you know University of Washington I love those guys right and they play yeah. them on the radio all the time I had no idea right yeah you probably and you probably at the time didn't even think much of it you're like you were you were you were, you were given the spiel you are given anyone who would listen and yeah. like in, in yeah it totally happened to me my 20th high school reunion. Oh yeah. This guy Dave Quarterman comes up to me and you know he and I were in a bunch of classes together. He was like a kind of a I mean, he's a great guy but he was a jock and I was not a jock and you know so he was in every way not me except that we got along cuz he's a decent guy. And so he comes he beelines for me. He like comes up he like grabs me by both arms he's like skinny puppy. <laughs> and I'm like what are you talking about? And he goes skinny puppy. You turned me on to skinny puppy. I'm like Dave, I don't think I would have ever recommended. I mean, yes, I listen to. Skinny, I don't think I would have ever recommended Skinny Puppy to you. He goes, "You did," and I, you know, they're still one of my favorite bands. Wow, that's and so I'm just funny. like, that's, so that's insane. Yeah. and I probably said it to be a smartass when I think yeah. back about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, "What should I listen to?" I'm like, uh, sk- "This is a good you're one, like Skinny Puppy." Yeah, 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 yeah you'll yeah, love these. Guys. Right up your alley. That yeah. right next. Put it right next you're, to you're, Huey, you're Huey gonna, Lewis. That's why you're gonna go straight from Huey Lewis to Skinny Puppy. Be right in your wheelhouse. But I was probably just doing it to be to be a jerk. But yeah, he was like, yeah. He was like, Skinny Puppy. And then I asked somebody give me, uh, she brought it to me, she brought me a cassette tape, knowing that I'd be at this this uh, reunion. She brought me a cassette tape that I had made her with like, uh, it was Camper Van Beethoven's 
telephone free landslide victory on one side, and I can't even remember what's on the other one. On the other side, what was on the other side? I can't even remember. But anyway, she gave it to me. She said, "I, I just have I've had this my whole life since you gave it to me." I don't even own a cassette player anymore, so I thought I'd just give it back to you. Oh my god! But like, gosh. but she goes, I listened to the you know the heck out of it, right? Being while I had a cassette player, but yeah. I just don't have one anymore, and you know, so can, here you go. Can I throw another That's back in the so day awesome. story out? Please do. Has okay. he reached his quota yeah. yet, Harrison? <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah, you, no. This is perfect. This is what okay. I love. So okay. uh, in seventh grade, I was like in student government, right? They so they had class. I was like our our group's representative, and so I petitioned to be able to play the music. They'd have twice a year at dance during lunch. Mm-hmm. And I petitioned, hey, can I do the music? Because nobody ever danced at those things. I just wanted to play music yeah. loud for You wanted an outlet, yeah. Yeah. Sex Pistols, Ramones. <laughs> so the kids weren't dancing anyway. But, but uh, so I'm just playing this stuff. And I remember I had like 30 minutes. I played uh, all these different bands. And... Uh, I, I, I thought, this is going to be an interesting experiment to see if anybody comes over and says, hey, that is great music. No one ever said a word, nothing. You know, I don't think anybody even paid attention yeah. to the music, right? right. They just kind of gather in the groups talking. Uh, uh, and, and I remember the build-up to that thinking, okay, this is going to be great. There's going to be a whole bunch of people that are going to start to like the music that I like. Nothing. He's going to be like you're going to be like you have your John Hughes movie moment where like you know like you know like all of a sudden like everybody like realizes how cool you are. Yeah, yeah. Not didn't yeah. happen. Still waiting on that. Huh? Yeah, still waiting on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no, that's funny. We, um, I mean, I, I remember pushing very hard to affect the uh, the rotation, you know, the, the playlists uh, at at steak dances in Chicago where I grew up and. I remember at one point they're like, "Okay, we're gonna give you your shot." And it, I remember I was in front of effectively a committee of young women and young adult leaders oh who were like, "Bring us your playlist, and we're gonna talk through it because these are church dances." And I remember I was sitting there going, um, "So one of the songs was uh, the Colorfield had a song called Just Can't Get Enough of You, Baby.'" Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And and they're like, "I don't know about this." I mean. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's a pretty harmless song. I mean, there's some of these I get that, you know, why yeah. you would, you know, that's, that's but like, this Motown is a pr- song. This is like pretty yeah. harmless yeah. song. And, yeah. the, and they're like, well, there's this thing about wrapping their arms around you twice. And I'm like, uh, it's a joke. Okay, whatever. Anyway, so like, so, so I was literally going song by song by song. Oh, and, um, brutal. And uh, it kind of took the fun out of it. So yeah, so we effectively would go to the dances and then go have our own dances later. Because, so, you know, there, there are a bunch of other people in that I hung out with that were kind of into similar music. So we just going to do our own thing afterwards. Well, I kind of, I finally had my redemption. So the last dance of the year before graduation, my senior year in high school, I was the election, elections commissioner or whatever. Yeah. So I, I sponsored a dance. And um, we got these DJs to come in and I brought them all my albums. And I actually put out beforehand, I had people select, I gave them a list of songs. They select what songs they wanted. And I did that to appease them. I actually just put all the music I wanted to play on sure, there. Sure, right. And, and but but that by that point in time, MTV had been around for like four or five years. So there were there there was uh, on Sunday nights there used to be a, a show by IRS Records that they do on MTV, and then they had 120 minutes, mm-hmm. which were kind of the new music, what we call alternative or independent music today. Uh, shows so people had enough exposure to that sort of stuff that it was it was kind of like it, it, finally people came out after that were said best music at any dance we've ever had you know that, yeah. that kind of stuff. So like, where were you three or four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where were you in seventh grade? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's funny. So yeah. why do you think? Why do you think? And this is like, 
I'm sure this. I know this has been talked about endlessly, but I want to take your take on it because you. I feel like you were more of a round, and like had a, like a finger to the pulse of what was going on. But like, why do you think vinyl had such a big comeback, like, in the early tens? Because I remember when I first got a record player in 2013, and then after that I started collecting vinyl. And you started buying me vinyl for my birthday gifts. And they're really for me. Yeah, 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 but um, it was, well, they're, they're albums we both enjoyed. So it's like this is for us yeah. going in my collection. Yeah. But um. Uh, why do you think it had such a comeback? And when did you see it start and, and to do, begin? Do you think it's going to fade or do you think it's going to continue on? What, what are your thoughts? I mean, that's hard to say. but Because, I, I mean, because I don't know that I... So I never stopped. Yeah, my, I was going to say, you didn't stop. I didn't stop. Um, I do, and, and I... Um, and I, um, I was... Uh, there's... Uh, which song is it? There's a Beastie Boys lyric on ill communication, which, I mean, if you think about, you know, that came out, what, in 94? So, I mean, really, CDs were full swing. I mean, it was yeah. all about CDs back then. And there's a, you know, lyric where uh, MCA says, you know, listen to Wax, not using that CD. And yeah. um, and, and I remember at the time going, okay, so I'm on, so the Beastie Boys are they're, on the same page. The <laughs> so, so we're good, you know, so never mind that I was listening to that on a CD at the time, but like, you know, yeah. like, it, it, but I mean, I was like, okay, so I, so I'm not that crazy, you know, <laughs> yeah, like the, yeah. or at least I'm as crazy as the Beastie Boys, there's not yeah. a bad place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 but I, when I look at like, so CDs like were never a great thing. I mean, like they, they, like, I think they were just destined, CDs, I, I think it's less about vinyl and more that CDs were destined to die at some yeah. point because, the, like this sounds really hippy dippy of me, but it's like they're kind of soul. It's a soulless medium, totally. right? It's like it's it's this tiny little postage stamp of a of a you know like so the, there's no there's no I mean the art booklets right yeah. so you're limited to a booklet yeah, you know you're not even gonna look through it yeah and, and it's yeah you know, so and it fits and it's in this little plastic case so that it can be protected from the element and it's like and it, it, the whole thing when it came out was like listen to how clean it sounds yeah. I'm like. I don't want to. I don't want. To, I don't want the replacements to sound clean. Yeah. Like I don't. Like yeah. they're not meant to be clean. Yeah. yeah. You know. And so, you know, and that was the whole thing about like you know, and it's digital, and because everything was getting starting to get recorded in digital, like, and it and also just the entire thing to me felt like, and I'm sure there's a similar story behind vinyl, but, it, to, but just let me have this. Like I believe that CDs were like it was. It was a. It was it was it was Sony's idea, right? And it wasn't yeah. it wasn't the music. It, no one was clamoring for it. Yeah. Like the only thing that you can say about it, which you could have also said about cassettes, so that they were less convenient of a medium, is the portability. Like yeah. that's the only thing you could really say is like it was far easier to play a CD in a car than it would be a record. I get yeah. that, um, but I already had cassette tape, so you know, again, um, didn't feel like I needed it. So I felt like, it felt like this kind of weird intrusion on the on the music industry yeah. versus like the answer to our prayers. Yeah. yeah. And so then I think what happened, then MP3s came along and streaming music, which actually I think, you know, for, for the purpose they're serving are an answer to our prayers. Like, yeah. okay, I can get any song I want anytime yeah. I want it. I'm down with that. Like I still buy tons of vinyl, but that's yeah. that I'm cool with that system. Yeah. So that is kind of what CDs could have been, you know, you know, like, I mean, could have done if they were free, but they weren't, they cost an yeah. arm and a leg. So, so I think what happened is like, finally, music fans got a thing that was of value to them, which is MP3s, which then evolved into to streaming. And like, great. So now I now I can be satisfied knowing I can get anything I want, anytime I want, uh, musically. Now, what do I miss? I miss holding the music I love. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know that sounds like really like a bad, you know, you know like Hallmark no, card, totally. but like, I really, like people like to hold the music that they love. They like to, to touch and, and look at you know, uh, an artifact that comes from a, an artist that they genuinely love 
or that they're even curious about or that their friend loves or whatever. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times, you know, like I lent a record to a friend because that, you know, you know, in the same way that you'd make a mixtape for a friend as, as a, as not just a way to turn them on to the music, but as a gesture of friendship. Like I, I think you will like this and I want to lend it to you so that you can see if you like it. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, if I go, yeah, so listen to this new song, you know, listen to the business of Gmail, you'll be like, yeah, I'll just look at it on my phone. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there's no real connection there, no, right? No, it's not. So I think there's something about the physicality of it more than, I mean, you know, audiophiles will talk about, oh, you know, the depth of the sound and all that. And look, if you've got a $10,000 system that you can listen to it on and you're listening to like a pristine analog, yeah. you know, original masters kind of recording, then it is a more enjoyable listening experience for sure. Um, but just about anything would be, you know, and, uh, and, and, and also compared to listening on your iPhone, you know, through even a, a nice Sonos speaker, it's going to be better, but that's like, but I mean, who has that? Right. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's much more about just the physicality of it. The fact that it's like, this is a token of, of, of my esteem for this band. And, you know, I wouldn't want to, I, I wouldn't feel like I could, you know, say I am a diehard Husker Du fan. I don't own anything they've ever made because you yeah. don't own yeah. a stream, you know, no, <laughs> like that's, it's just a transient thing, right? Like, you, you know, you don't own, yeah. there's nothing to show for your love there. And there's a, there's an interesting thing that's going on is as we move towards, uh, things that are inorganic, uh, that are things like streaming. Music. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's, 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 it's kind of in, in or, inorganic. You don't, you don't possess, you don't yeah. hold it. They're in, in a, a lot of parts of our culture, there's a snapback reaction where people are saying, "Yeah, that's nice. I I, I, I feel a need or a connection with this," mm-hmm. and, and you see it. You see it not only in vinyl. You see it in literature. You see it in, in a food. lot of things. Yeah, in food. Yeah, yeah. 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 And a, lo- a lot of these things where where yeah, it's okay if I have a Kindle. But I still love the the, the mm-hmm. thing of sitting down and reading the book. a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 and I. And, it, and it's interesting. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to, like, kind of compare notes with, like, bookstore, like, yeah. you know, Pioneer Book or whoever. Like, you know, but I imagine that, you know, in a similar way, the bookstore is never completely, I mean, it's not what it used to be, but it's never completely died. Because, yeah, if it's something that you, I mean, if it's your favorite book, you know, like, I mean, just think of your favorite book. Yeah. Like, would you be like, cool, I've got a, I've got it on my Kindle, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, it just doesn't seem right. It feels a lot the same way, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are there are times where I've complained where I've gone to the opening night of a big blockbuster film, and I've got people, guy next to me who's you know, just all over me because yeah. you know because it's, you it's not the together. greatest film yeah. going experience. But outside of that, I always prefer a theater. Sure. Even, though, even if I can watch it at home on the big screen, I still. Love the film going experience in the yeah. That's experience. And even like with vinyl, if I like, and this is kind of like going all the way back to like why record stores, but like, I was, oh gosh. What was that? It was the, your. The uh, Ghost of Three Hive. No, it, Ghost it was, of the, the was bakery the, uh, shop that we did before. <laughs> um, Pixie's uh, set list fell. Oh, but it fell it. in a box, so it's oh. kind of like a safe landing. That's good news. Um, but no, but like what, with why record stores, because like I've ordered vinyl on like Amazon, but like. When it just shows up, it's just like, yeah, there it is. I'm just like, kind of like, it's not it's as fun as going yeah. there yeah, and yeah. like finding it. And like, I love like going through crates and like looking no, at like... It's 90% of the experience. It's, yeah, it's so much yeah. more exciting. I always come in here set with... Oh, with like, I'm going to get this, this and then I see I something go. else and I'm always like, oh, I want this though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so funny. I stopped, I stopped asking, you know, just almost out of habit. 
when we, when we first opened the store, I'm like, you know, so did you find everything you're looking for? You know, it's like what every salesperson is supposed to ask, right? Did you find yeah. everything you're looking for? And I'd get these blank stares. I'm like, oh, that's right. Of course you didn't. You know, like, <laughs> like everything yeah. you're literally everything you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. I mean, like actually if it were a success, if it's a successful shopping experience, it's what you were saying, Eric, which is like, I actually did not because I came looking for these three things and yeah. they're buying these three totally different things because I went down some weird rabbit hole and yeah. that's where I ended up, you yeah, know, which is half, half the fun, right? Yeah. Is, you know, not knowing where you're going to end up. Well, like tonight I, I came in here specifically looking for the smithereens green thoughts. I thought I'd seen it in here, c- couldn't find it. Ended up. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait a second. Yeah, I was going through the S's. Yeah, here, here we go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, and that is the fun of it. And the other thing that I think is true about vinyl is it's, I mean, not just the, is the shopping experience kind of a, a communal or an inherently social experience, but listening to it is as well. I mean, yeah. you can certainly pop on your headphones and kind of get lost in a record, and, and, yeah. and there, there's a time and place for that. But, you know, it's almost like a, in the same way that when you prepare a meal for somebody, you know, like, I mean, you could, if, you, if you make like a super nice fancy meal, yeah. like you're generally not cooking for yourself. Like no. you're expecting friends to come over, you want to share it with yeah. people, you want them to actually be there as you're cooking it so you can kind of talk about it, they can smell it. And I think it's the same with the record, like you put on a record almost as an offering to your friends. Like, I'm going to put this on and kind of like see if we all kind of are feeling the same vibe versus like, I don't know, like... I just remember when Spotify first came around, you know, and my kids would get in the car and they'd hook up, you know, the, the Bluetooth or, or the aux cord or whatever, and they would start listening to Spotify. They'd be listening to like 10 seconds of every song because they'd be like, yeah. like they'd put it on and they'd jump to another one and they'd jump to another one and somebody'd be like, well, just do this. And they're just playing second, you know, like blips of every song. Yeah. And an album forces you to listen to at least, I mean, yeah. aside, well, right? Well, and yeah. Some of them are, are de- great albums or develop and design that way, yeah. right? I mean, you, you can't do that with Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. You, you can't. Yeah. You, 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 it's yeah. meant to pull you through the whole thing, yeah. And kind of that communal experience. Like, when we went to the first pop-up uh, store that, uh, that you had at Velour. That was huge. That, that, that was a big... back to that. Yeah, that was a we'll big moment for me because um, I walked in there because Harrison wanted to go. And I figured, you know, he would pick up a couple albums. And I'm, go- I'm going through and I'm seeing stuff... Uh, I think, what do I remember? You had a uh, like a Northern Soul compilation. Uh, there was uh, some um, Robin Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah, Robin Hitchcock. There was uh, the there was a an early '60s Jamaican ska uh, compilation that you had, um, and I ended up getting REM Chronic Town, which I hadn't seen for years since I owned it, and 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 I was just. It is. It was just like album after album. It was like it was, like it is, it was personally selected for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, Harrison, get out of the way. I'm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dad's gonna be a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it was. It was. I w- and honestly, I was a little skeptical. I, w- I was mm-hmm. like, this seems a little too on the nose. This is mm-hmm. because because I've never ever experienced. I usually go to a record store and there's like two or three things. I'm yeah. Interested well, in. now it's probably the time we tell them. I've been stalking you since, <laughs> since, <laughs> since that seventh grade dance. I've been stalking and, yeah, you. Who is this? Guy? <laughs> yeah, I know I said I grew up in Chicago. No, I'm, I'm that kid that sat next to you in seventh grade. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've always liked the blue now, now he's got you trapped. In, yeah, that's yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> got you right where I want you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's uh, it's interesting, I, but I and that's a, and and I guess. Not to diminish the compliment, but we are of a similar generation yeah. and with a similar kind of background. I also, like, there's nothing more satisfying. I was, uh, you know, because I do the pop-ups and then I also would sell at Beehive Bazaar, right? Yeah. And and I remember I was just, I was 
I was done setting up and I was maybe looking at the display, you know, the, the vendor next to, to mine, um, as somebody just started to, you know, and this is, I mean, she had to have been like no older than 24, 25 years old. And she starts rummaging through the bins and I'm kind of like, you know, can't help but just like kind of with her friend, right? Sure. So they're rummaging through it. So I just kind of pretend I, I had nothing to do with it and I'm just standing, you know, nearby and she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like every record she would, like every few records, she'd be like, I can't believe they have this. Oh my gosh, this one's so great. Oh my gosh, my mom had this yeah. one. Oh my gosh, my brother loves this album. And like, and, she go, and then it, it got to the point where she goes, it's like somebody just put together a collection especially for me. Yeah. And yeah. so that's when I was that's like, hello, yeah. I'm Sam King. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah, because I, that's just the ultimate compliment, right? Totally. I mean, you know, and it doesn't happen every time, but. Well, and, and here's, here's what also adds to kind of the mystery on that. I, I I would expect to have that experience possibly in Southern California mm-hmm. if I went to a record store, or mm-hmm. if I went to one of those the big record stores, or a Colorado maybe. Yeah. You, you know, there's certain places in the United States. Yeah, Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Um, but not Mountain Provo, Utah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's why it was so huge because the record stores I've been to in like Salt Lake and Sandy, like I've had terrible experiences with like whatever the whoever works there whenever they recommend something to me no. I'm like I know I'm gonna I hate that and then I yeah. I'm like yeah I don't like this yeah and then but when I came when we did the three hive I was just like oh finally this is like this is like this it was like a huge like shift for like album buying for me because I was like oh I'm really like into this guy's taste and like and like the wide breadth that you had because Everywhere else I went, it was really kind of narrow. It was kind of like popular oh. at the moment. And then, like, when all the other pop-ups was, like, setting... We'd set our clocks by them, like, hey, when's the next one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah cool. we're saving so, up. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 I mean, and, and just to kind of reiterate uh, that experience, you remember, I, 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 we won't name names of the store we went to up in Salt Lake by, uh, by the University of Utah campus. It was terrible parking. Um, <laughs> hmm, what could that there's be? enough. There's enough. Are they closed right there? <laughs> I think they are. Yeah, they well, are. Yeah. That one is. That branches. Yeah. Well, um, I, I remember going and talking to the guys there and asking if they were carrying this, and just blank stares. And, yeah. and, and yeah. I and I just I, I remember thinking to myself, yeah, there's just too much of a generation gap here. Yeah. 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 Or too. You know. It's. it's too, I mean, I will say this about there. me. I'm very. I mean, this is why the the blog was so fun to do and why it's so fun to be a music journalist, you know, for the years that I could afford to be one. And I mean, it was, uh, it, it was that, yeah, like I, so I'm, I'm really, I am omnivorous. Like there is not like I, I, in general, if it's good music, I really don't care what genre it is, what yeah, era it's from and so yeah. forth. And so I do find that the people that are drawn to the collection here at three hive, I mean, some people come in and they're like, cool, you have thriller. Great. That's what I wanted. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they leave. And that's, you know, great. They're keeping me in business it. too. That's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that album. So the, the the people that spend time here that tend to come back here on a regular basis are people who are like constantly looking to have, you know, to, to be introduced to something new and, yeah. and different. And so, and I think, you know, when somebody asks me about, you know, hey, do you have such and such or whatever? Like, I love it when I don't know what yeah. they're talking about yeah. because I'm just like, hey, Wait, am I missing out on something? Like, you know, so that's my my mindset is not like, yeah, I don't know that, and because you asked me, I assume, yeah. and I and I don't know what it is, I'm gonna just assume that it's not a great album and yeah. it's not you know, not worth stocking. I, I almost come in with the opposite, like which is like, man, if I'm missing out, I mean, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, and sometimes I listen, and I'm like, okay, well, not my cup of tea, but yeah. you know, but I mean, I've plenty of customers have turned me on to like really great stuff that I wouldn't have yeah. been exposed to otherwise, and so. 
Anyway, like yeah. you said though earlier, it's just impossible to hear all the good music out there. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Which is why it's just great to have people. How does an artist make it today then? I mean, you take take a band here, like like a local band. Maybe they, they kind of they dominate the scene here. Um, what's the best way for them to kind of get the word out? I mean, because you can be regional superstars mm-hmm. and never... And never that won't never translate. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say this because it's. I mean, it, it well because a it's not categorically true, but like, you know, it like you know, Sago for example. I mean, I think this album is going to break them. I think they're going to. I mean, they're they're already getting a ton of buzz around it, and yeah. you know, uh, but there's. I mean, you know, it's. I'm sure not the only reason that they moved to L.A., but like moving. You know, they moved to a bigger market. Moth and Flame moved away. Yeah. You know. Now that said, I mean, there are bands that can. You know, I mean, the Aces came right out of Provo, right into the. You know, the limelight. So I mean, yeah. it, it can, it can happen that way. I do, but and and actually, I think in a lot of ways, it's really great to have a market, a smaller market like Provo, who, if you're, even decent, let alone as talented as some of those bands are. Like you will be embraced, like you know, and and, and totally. encouraged, and like and you'll get lots of great experience, like playing in front of enthusiastic crowd. Like you know, I mean, I I was listening to a podcast. I was listening to like uh, Angel Olson was talking about you know playing in Chicago when she was first starting out, and she had no idea that, like based on her Chicago experience, she thought nobody listened to her. She thought nobody liked her, yeah. you know, because wow. I mean she get a decent showing, but like you know, it's her hometown, and like you know. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're sold out, you know, yeah. you know, you know, crazy fanatic shows. And then she like went on tour and there are people like in other cities who are like, oh my gosh, you know, we're waiting for you to come. Yeah. Like, where yeah. have you been? You know? And like, and she's like, oh, yeah. oh, I have a following. <laughs> what do you know? And so I think what's inter- what's great about Provo is like, again, if you have talent, like there is, I mean, first what Corey's done is amazing, but that's also like spawned a bunch of other outlets, yeah. you know, for, for bands to get exposure and you know, so if you're if you're if you have any talent whatsoever, like people are going to like, you know, encourage you, get behind you, buy your albums, come to your shows, you know, like buy your T-shirts, and and then what's really interesting because it's a college town, specifically, but in general, it's also like kind of this, uh, uh, you know, kind of crossroads, you know, uh, oh, you know, really? like a lot of people come yeah. through here, yeah. not just for school, but just to visit people or yeah, to yeah. you know to you know whatever they're coming through Utah it's a gathering for. place yeah it's a gathering place so what happens is all these people come here and maybe they catch you know you know uh, uh, you know one of those Friday night yeah things that they do downtown yeah they'll, 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 yeah so right so they'll see you know they'll yeah. see a, a Sago play yeah. and then they're gonna go to wherever they're from and they're gonna be like oh there's this amazing band I saw on Provo called Sago and then like yeah. you know next thing you know like there's an audience outside of Provo that's kind of you know you know, it's 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 kind of uh, word. You know, word has kind of traveled because uh, because of the kind of city Provo is. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Ann Arbor is a great college town. I don't know that that necessarily happens in Ann Arbor as yeah. much. Yeah. And, you know, uh, obviously there's some exceptions. So, well, yeah, it, I don't it, know. Well, it used to be these college tours, right? These bands yeah. would just go and they'd hit the college circuits, and that was kind of their their audience, and that's a, yeah. that's the way they would they would make that. But it it doesn't seem like that's quite. 100% way to do it now? I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. And I mean, I I don't have, the, it's, there's certainly, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I can't write the book on how to make money as a musician today. I would say what I love seeing and I see a lot more of in this generation of musicians than, than in the past is like, first of all, just a general fearlessness. Like, yeah. I'm going to make, like, Nymph, who I love, um, you know, she, Sophie does like, she does what she wants to do. Yeah. She's not afraid to make the music she wants to make. She's 
you know, she's fearless on stage. She's got a great presence. And, and when she's making her music, she's making her music for her. Yeah. But what, but what I love about it is like, you know, and eventually like she may get a label deal. She may not, that doesn't matter because she's like, she's very organically building a following and a reputation and 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 then and, and I could I'm using her as an example. I could yeah. use you know a dozen other artists in Provo as as examples where, you know, if you if you kind of own who you are you know and, and own your voice, um, people are a they're drawn to that. That's a very charismatic thing yeah. in general. Um, and and then then financially, if you literally own your music, you know yeah. your sound and everything else, and don't you know kind of you know and again. It's a different time, but like, cause yeah. you can, you know, all the facilities are there, all the means are there to create the music, record the music, do distribute the music. I yeah. mean, you don't need DIY. You know, yeah, you, yeah, you can do it. You can totally do it yourself, and you can also like, I mean, I mean, you know, when Sophie put out when Nymph put out the, her record, she was like, it's it's on Spotify the next day. Yeah. You know, like it's it's not like she didn't have to get a label deal yeah. to to. to to be available to literally every listening ear in the world, you know, should should they find out about her, and so it's like being that, on every radio station, yeah, out there, yeah. But but then, unlike being on every radio station, like people have to find her, yeah. or she has to find them, yeah. and that's where like there's no substitute for just hardworking touring bands, like yeah. the the bands that I think are successful, the ones that put themselves out there. Uh, I mean, sure, you know. I'm sure there's social me- media marketing tips and tricks you yeah. can do, but like yeah. in general, like. You know, there are bands that I only listened to because I saw them live, and like that—that that changed. My, maybe I'd even heard them before, but when you see them live, and you're like, "Oh, that's something." You know, that, and that changes the way I now think about listening. You know, when I listen yeah. to them, and so I think you know that's the one thing I guess that hasn't changed. Everything, almost everything else, has changed. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing that hasn't changed is like a touring band with with great music and with a, and with a good presence on stage, whether they're playing in front of ten people or ten thousand people. If you play in front of the right ten people, you know. Yeah, word will uh, get out. It yeah. kind of reminds me. I was uh, watching, listening to this interview with Richard Hell from Television, right? Yeah. And he he was talking about um, kind of when CBGBs broke and and people really started showing up. He goes, he goes, it actually worked out great for us because us Talking Heads, Ramones, Blondies, we we sucked for the eighteen months before everyone showed <laughs> nobody up. Nobody knew that we were just yeah. cutting our teeth. Yeah. And then everybody showed up once yeah. we were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's good, and I think that I mean, <coughs> and I think that again, that's what I, I do love about the, like a, a music scene like Provo is like, there's also just I think there's some forgiveness and you know like there's some give in terms of like you know you're just gonna rally behind a local band in a way that like if you go up to Salt Lake and you see some touring band you know uh, or or the opening act for a touring band yeah even even worse right where you're like well this isn't who I came to see yeah. They're from some city. I have no connection to them whatsoever, yeah. and I'm not that impressed. You know, yeah. I mean, they'd have to be really amazing to impress me. Whereas, like, you know, you go, you go to Valor on any, any given night, and you're like, man, like this person lives in the same town that I do, and like, you know, and I can meet and them after the show, yeah. and you know, and here they are, right, you know, yeah. you know, giving it their all. Like, you're just more willing to, you know, kind of, you know, give back to somebody like that. And I think people, by and large, in this area, are much more forgiving too. Anyway. Totally. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, 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 much more forgiving and give you a second, third, fourth. Yeah, chances. yeah. And and and, 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 and nice. well, they're. I feel like it's very communal in the way that they want you to be good. They want you to be like, good. They yeah. want to be nice. They'll they give you feedback. Yeah. They'll help yeah. you out. Yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. feels a little bit like, um, you know, uh, you know, in a way like improv versus stand up too. Like, I mean, yeah. I think people. First of all, there are just so many. I mean, I've never. I don't think there's. 
I'll just go on record. I don't know if this is statistically true. I don't think there is more musical talent, just just pure musical talent per capita in any other state you know, as oh. there is in Utah. Because it's, it's so much a part of the culture. And dance. And dance, right? Yeah. There's just so much, Goodness like, you know, gracious. there's, and, and, you know. I've never seen it anywhere else. It's just not, I don't see yeah. it anywhere else. And so I think as a result, there's a good chance if you go to, you know, a, you know if there's 100 people in, a, in an audience at Velour, there's a good chance that, like, 50 of them could probably be on stage. That's right. That's it, right. You know, and so what's nice about that is, like, there's a ton of empathy, right? Like, yeah. if you've, you know, and I guess that's why I bring up improv because, like, you know, because improv's, a, you know, the kind of thing where, it, you know, it, it demands something of the people on stage, but it demands something of the people in the audience as well, um, in a way that you can't just be sit there and be a sourpuss or be a critic yeah. about it. Like, yeah. and so I and I think musically that happens here in Provo more than other places. There's just like a good deal of empathy with like you know, man, that person is like trying, and I see what he or she's trying to do yeah. on stage, and and I relate to that. Like I, I relate to the effort that they're putting forth. Yeah. So even if tonight wasn't perfect, and even if like they yeah. kind of you know you know, we're off key on that one song. Like I, I see what they're trying to do and, and I support that. And that I think is a different mindset than you might find in other yeah. communities. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is unbelievable music talent. It's a quick side story on that. So, so Harrison and I went to a BYU lacrosse game a couple weeks, uh, a couple weeks ago. And, um, a friend of mine, his son plays on the lacrosse team and, uh, he, I saw him there talking a little bit. He goes, oh, yeah, by the way, my daughter, 16-year-old daughter, uh, she's going to be singing the national anthem. Look, I don't even know she's saying, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and she killed it. And I don't even think he knew. I just think that uh, he found out right about then, too. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it's almost yeah. like they just said, hey, does anybody here on the team have a sister or somebody who's singing that? <laughs> oh, yeah, my sister sings. We'll, we'll, we'll have her do it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. that kind of place. I think it is. And I think I mean, the roots are in that kind of, you know, I mean, it's just valued in the community, right? Like, a predominantly, you know, LDS community where, you know, like... Every kid grows up taking some sort of music lesson. And if nothing else, they're singing every Sunday. They're yeah, singing you know? every Sunday, yeah. You know? At least she music. Yeah, so... We were, we've always been the aberration in anywhere we lived in a Mormon community because we... Well, I, I can't speak for Harrison, but Sherry and I, we cannot sing at all. We have terrible voices. I mean, it's embarrassing... Not for us, because we don't care, but anybody who sits in front of us, we're throwing them off key. <laughs> and and, and uh, uh, it's just it's just so amazing. Uh, we're always surrounded by all these people who can sing, and we're just like the ones, those, like the misfit toys. Like, yeah, we just don't have it. <laughs> yeah. So my theory about that, because I'm a terror, I'm I'm I can't sing. I've tried to learn instruments. I can't play an instrument to save my life. And I think it's partly why I'm so obsessive about music because I it think is. Me too. It's the grass is always greener. <laughs> oh well, and just in us, or it's 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 like it's it's like black magic to me. Yeah. Like I'm like, how do you do that? How on earth? How are they doing this? Do you you make that music come out of that thing? <laughs> yeah. Like I could hold that guitar and in 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 a million years never make it how, sound how like do you that. Never put those notes in that seat yeah. to make it sound. Good. And you're not I, even. I, yeah. And you're not even looking down at it no. when you do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> how do you yeah. do that? <laughs> how do you amazing. sing and do that at the same time? Oh my word! I'm the same way. Yeah, no. I think that's why I love music so much. Is because I'm just. Always just it's like fascinating. Mystified. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. Like people can put all of this together. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Whenever somebody like in church or anything stands up and it just sounds beautiful coming out of their mouth, I'm just always in awe. Just like, wow. I, yeah. That, it's just amazing that it sounds so melodic coming out of your mouth, but it sounds so horrible coming out of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. I can relate to that. Great. 